Believe it or not, Easter or Resurrection Sunday, doesn't bother me how you say it because I know who I'm celebrating, is will be Sunday, March the 31st. So it comes early this year at 1030. Easter is March the 31st. Can you believe that? Wow. And the upcoming event, May, Colonel David Giamona will come, and I hope he brings his saxophone. Amen. Now, the two important prayer requests. Floyd Lahan is kind of in the balance. He's septic. He's had some operations on his intestines, so we need to pray for him. He's had two, and he really needs a touch and a miracle. And every, all the churches are praying today that we're on the chain for him today. So we, we want to hit that one first, and then we have one more. But I'll do this one second. Go ahead and pray for Brother Lahan. Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now we just lift Brother Lahan before you. We just thank you, God, that we yes. know that your word is final. Lord, yes. we speak healing over him. We speak Jesus, life over him in the, the name of, of Jesus. Death, hell, and the grave. Lord, we reach out and take authority Father, over this septicness in Jesus' name and rebuke that. Lord, we speak the life of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask you to send healing angels to minister to him. Father, to help him right now and strengthen him. And Lord, we give you honor and praise for your healing power, Lord, over him in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we also lift up Brother Doug this morning. Yes, Doug, Doug Harbor. Harbor. Yes. Father, we just pray, Father God, over him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, that arterial system, that cardiovascular system, speaking life and healing over him in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you right now that with your stripes, Jesus, that he is healed. You paid the price for that 2,000 years ago. And we give you thanks and praise right now for it. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand up. Let's worship him this morning. Let's come on down, worship. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw Stop. Man, don't you like it? Kind of power. You can just tell a thing to stop. It just stops in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think it's important this morning. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you what a religious spirit is. A religious spirit is when you do something when you feel like doing it. A spirit of faith is when you do it when you do it. It doesn't matter what your feelings are. Some of us in here know how to worship God. Amen. This morning, we're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus. And so I know the enemy does not like that blood. How many want to torment him today? <laughs> Amen. We'll say, I believe in the blood. Say that, I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Do it again, Jim. Mm, come on, praise him. I saw Satan fall like lightning. The darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in Race me up my 
Jesus this morning. Spirit of Jesus is prophecy. So we prophesy today and say that every principality and power, rule of darkness is defeated by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We didn't come in here this morning in defeat. We came in victory. Come on, somebody. We came with a heart full of praise for God. We celebrate that Jesus is not a dead hero, but a living, resurrected Christ. Somebody say yes. 
And he's our firm foundation. Yes, Lord. So we say, draw us nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw us nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding sight. So draw us nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been so glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful through Would he fail now? He won't. He won't. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be
house was built on you I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through say hallelujah oh we thank you for your precious blood Lord Jesus your blood makes the deaf to hear right now your blood takes away the curse Right now, your blood heals every disease. Right now, your blood sets the addict free. Right now, and I still believe your love saved yesterday. broken heart right now your blood propels me to forgive right now your blood it transforms my mind right now your blood 
still speaks today. It speaks of things seen and yet not unseen. That blood is calling from the grave, calling from the ground. That blood is powerful, all living, all knowing, all flowing. His blood, His blood. See, you're the higher power, darkness cannot stand. No longer bound to sin, I am free. Hallelujah. You're the higher power, darkness cannot stand. No longer bound to sin, I am free. Come on, sing it. You're the higher power, darkness cannot stand.
I still believe. See, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, I, I still believe your blood is sufficient for me. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles. Where we proclaim your name. This is a house of our hearts are full of faith you have our full attention you have the final say come alive in the name of Jesus Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything to the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. resurrection power your blood runs through our veins your kingdom triumphs over even the coldest grave come alive in the name of Jesus Come alive in the name of Jesus. 
But you made me an overcomer through your precious blood. 
I overcome by your precious blood, Lord. So I come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. For this is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything to the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. House of miracles, Jesus. We're all miracles in you, Lord. Miracles. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. Receive tithe and offering. Given it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom. Luke 6.38. New King James Version. It's so true. Do I think everyone will be a millionaire, billionaire? No. I think it depends on a lot on your stewardship and how you can plan and how you sow seed and how you take care of your finances. It has a lot to do with that. It's just not instant. You just don't give and just, just get. It's a lot to it, a lot of, to stewarding. You know, it's like the man that had the 10 talents or the talents. He said, what'd you do with it? Well, I buried it. I just, I buried it and didn't do a thing with it. Well, that's not going to produce anything. So you can give in a lot of ways with your talents, your time, your money, and God will bless it. Amen. He will bless it. Amen. Is that a test of spirituality, whether you're blessed or not? No. But you can certainly see faithfulness on people when they do. Amen. I've seen it over and over. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. And Father, we don't give grudgingly. Yes, we give Lord. cheerfully. We yes, thank you so Lord. much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I will say that um, the $5,000 to Israel was sent. I'm waiting to hear a response back from Larry and Tiz. But I know what they're doing with it. They're buying all kinds of, of um, needs for the children, especially those that have been mm -hmm. traumatized. A lot of counselors have been set up and, and just needs. And they say that the Jewish right. people, they cannot put into words what it means when America steps in and does this. Amen. So um, uh, praise God. I mean... There's They're very a, grateful that Christians, that Christians, Christians, they have been blown away by Christian response. That's a major thing in Israel. Right. It is a big deal because a lot of the Jewish people associate Christianity with Hitler because right. of his stand and what he did. And, and that, so it's, it, it's just a lot of healing that has to take place. Replacement but we theology. are to provoke the Jewish people by how God takes care of us. Right. And by how God answers our prayers, we're to provoke them that, hey, the Messiah has come. Mm -hmm. He's already came. You're not That's waiting right. for him. He came. Amen. And we're serving him, and you can too. Amen. Um, anyway, that's just great. I'm looking forward to this message. Praise I the Lord. I know it's going to be tense, intense. Me too. It's going to be good. Amen. I think we have the best speaker in the house this morning. <laughs> the speaker of the house. Speaker of the house. Let's stand together. I said the speaker of the house. <laughs> I think we have a good speaker of the house myself. So.
Praise the Lord. Somebody say God is good. All the time, amen. And man, that is bright, isn't it? Let there be light. Amen. And uh, everybody say God is good. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, turn our Bibles today um, to Revelation chapter number 12. Revelation chapter 12. And I want you to pay close attention to this scripture today because uh, we're going to use it prophetically in one sense of the word, but very powerful that we understand these words that are being spoken here by John as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. How many knows that that old dragon is Satan? How many dragon slayers do we have this morning? You should be. You should be a dragon slayer. And the dragon fought against his angels. I want you to think a little bit here, just for a few moments, on that scripture that we just read because Satan has the audacity to go against the throne of God. As a Christian, you should never ask the devil to let up. I've, I've heard people say, if I just go, I just can't stand all this. Can't stand. That's the worst thing in the world you could do. You should stand up flat-footed and say, in Jesus' name, I'm not tolerating this. Not going to put up with it. And there was war in heaven. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth, listen to that, deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Here you go. And they overcame them. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. This next line is important. And they love not their lives unto death. Can't love your life. You got to say, well, I live or die, I'm serving Jesus. When you're going through that test of that trial of that fiery trial, it's good to think, you know, hey, I don't care what you do, devil. I'm willing to die for this thing. It brings things into perspective. That is the way that God wants us to live. Amen. Be willing to die. Not just live for Christ, but to die for Christ if necessary. Amen. History is replete with that. Over and over and over. People are dying right now for the faith. Dying right now for the faith. And so thank God for the blood. They overcame the devil how? By the blood that Jesus shed. By the blood and by the 
word of their testimony. Amen. Amen. Your testimony should be his testimony. Amen. Your testimony should be his testimony. Well, Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus to come and touch our hearts and our minds that you will grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, I pray today that, Lord, that you will stir people's heart with faith in the blood of Jesus. Father, the greatest weapon that we have that we've ever been given is the blood of Jesus. We thank you that that blood has set us apart. That blood has sanctified us, justified us. That blood is working in us right now. It flows through our veins. It makes us sons and daughters. Oh God, and we thank you right now. It makes us supernatural people. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Bring all things to my remembrance. Speak to me, through me, and for me. And I pray, Father, that your healing river will flow, your delivering river will flow, and Holy Spirit, that you will have your way today. Purge the atmosphere. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise God. Everybody say the blood. And actually, we're going to talk about pleading the blood of Jesus, pleading the blood. When you look at the cross, what do you think about? Jesus saves. When I see a cross, I think about the saving power of God. That psalm that we were singing, this is a house of miracles because when I look at you guys, I see miracles everywhere. Miracles. I say, I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle to be here. You're a miracle to be here. Amen. Brother Hughes has told me some stuff. It's a miracle that he's here. Amen. Some of you were strung out on drugs. Other were, other were, were drunks and others were fornicators and idolaters and adulterers. It's a miracle today that you're here. You're a miracle. You're a miracle in God because he changes lives by the cross of Christ, by the blood of Jesus. And when you think about the cross that saves, you think about the blood of Jesus, it is so simple yet so profound. So simple yet so profound because the cross says it all. Matter of fact, there used to be a song that we sang, the cross has said it all. It says it all. So what do you think about when you see a cross? Do you think about pity? you think, are you sorrowful? Because these things are important. Do you feel pity? Do you feel sorrowful? Do you feel pain? When you look at that cross, what do you feel when you look at it? When I I see that cross, I think about the blood. The blood that came flowing down the cross. Oh my God. If I had about four hours, I could just go back to Genesis and preach forward. But when we talk about the blood of this cross, see, it was Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But Jesus wanted to shed his blood. He knew the blood was the answer. He knew the moment that his blood was shed that that was it. Because it's not the blood of a mere human, even though he's the God-man. It was God the Father's blood, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, that flowed through his veins. 
That song that we sang this morning, his blood flows through my veins. Everybody say that. Say his blood flows through my veins. It's coursing through my body right now. It's, 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 it's supercharging me with faith and strength and might and power in Christ Jesus. When I look at that cross, I think about redemption. I think about victory. I think about being an overcomer. I think about, I think about the destruction of sin's power and that it cannot hold me because I am free by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am made free. I am made whole. The devil has no hold on me. Like one song we used to sing, the hold that the devil once had on me, he doesn't have anymore. He does not have. It flows from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. There's not a place that the blood of Jesus cannot touch. I think about the blood when I see that cross. Because if I can only see Jesus hanging there with naked, suspended between heaven and earth and, and the scars and the bleeding and the crown of thorns and somebody that's unrecognizable, I have missed the point. I've missed it. Ephesians chapter one, verses seven and nine says this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, according to the riches of his grace, whereath and he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. I like that. Which he hath purposed in himself. And then in Colossians, the sister epistle to Ephesians, he says this in verse number 14 of chapter one, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even, listen, even the, even the forgiveness of sin. My God. Take time right now just to worship him and thank him for the blood. <clears throat> just praise him for the blood. Thank him for the blood. Thank him for the blood. My God. <laughs> in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he hath made him, he hath made him who to be sin who knew no sin. Now you, you gotta pay attention to this. We're talking about his blood the importance of that blood. For he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When the father looks at us, what does he see? He sees the blood of his son and he sees the righteousness of Christ. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. See, you cannot separate the blood from the cross. Colossians chapter one, verses 19 and 20. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. God's not angry at you. Did you hear me? God's not wanting to strike you with a bolt of lightning. God loves you. And through the cross of Jesus, we have peace. Everybody say peace. peace, peace. Having made peace through the blood of his cross to him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Powerful. Somebody say the blood. The blood 
the blood, the blood, the blood. My God, if I could say that 40, 111, 50 million times, a billion, zillion, you know, it torments hell when you talk about the blood. I said it torments hell when you talk about the blood. When the devil accuses you, you can say, but the blood. I once was, but no longer am I because the blood has made the difference in me, has cleansed me. Somebody say, I'm clean. In Leviticus chapter number 16, we read the story of how the high priest once a year would come and that how that he would enter the tabernacle and then go into the Holy of Holies. This was called the Day of Atonement, where the sins of the people and the nation were atoned for the next year. It was mandatory for every house that they were to bring a lamb, that they were to come to Jerusalem, that lambs were to be sacrificed. And then the next year it would be uh, repeated again. But the Holy of Holies was where the Ark of the Covenant was kept behind a thick veil. Matter of fact, Josephus tells us and other historians tell us that this veil was four inches thick, 40 feet long, and 30 feet, um, 30 feet wide. And so that veil reminded the people and even the high priest, everybody, that you could come close to God, but you couldn't come behind the veil. That veil speaks of many things. It's indicative of your flesh because we have to break the veil of the flesh to get into the presence of God. It also stands for sin. Everybody say sin. Sin separates you from God. There was that massive curtain that hung there as a representation that someone who is holy, holy, holy is behind that veil and that I can't go back there because I am a sinner. I had to bring a lamb once a year to be atoned for my sin. It, is, it was all striking to come into that tabernacle that was out in the wilderness that they had pitched and, and for them to approach and to come in and to see that massive veil that was standing there representing that, look, you can't come but so far. So that high priest once a year would enter the Holy of Holies, the Bible tells us, and that, with, that not without blood. He would come into that place with the blood. And so the Ark of the Covenant was overlaid, uh, had a lid on it, and that lid was called the mercy seat. It is the thing that, that they had the two angels on top that faced one another, their wings touched one another. This was the mercy seat. Everybody say, mercy seat. And so it was behind the veil that the high priest, he would come in, I want you to get this now, that he would, that he would come in once a year with a censer filled with coals from off of the altar of the Lord and his hand filled with sweet incense. And that was a representation of Jesus' intercessory ministry for you and I. Because we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Because in all ways, in everything you can think about, he was tempted like as unto you and I. He knows how to represent us before the Father. That's important. And so this high priest would then take the incense of the fire on the altar and he would go and he would put that on the altar. And as a result of that, what would happen is smoke would come up. This aroma would come up. See, God looks at our prayers and he looks at the prayers of Jesus as a sweet-smelling Savior. 
Everybody say it smells sweet. Somebody say, man, when I'm praying, it's sweet before God. Man, we can get in his presence and release that sweetness and love on him. Are you listening? Mm, This is important. And so what the high priest would do is he would take the blood of that sacrificial lamb and he would go in where the mercy seat was behind the veil and he would sprinkle it seven times. Everybody say seven times. Seven times. Everybody say seven times on the mercy seat. And so all of this prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ who was going to die on the cross for us and make a way. Somebody say, Jesus died for me. You see, it takes the blood to atone for your sin. It takes the blood to wash away your sin. Hebrews 9 and 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so in Leviticus 17 and 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. And so Jesus, everybody say Jesus, gave himself to be our sacrifice. He's the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And so this number seven is really important because it stands for completion. It stands for perfection. It stands for something that cannot be added to and cannot be taken away. It is perfect. Everybody say that it's perfect. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was perfect, complete. And for any flake, I could think of a few other choice terms that would try to add something to that is pretty ignorant. Somebody say the blood alone. And so Jesus, I want you to get this. The moment that he was hanging on the cross, and you'll remember this, as he was suspended between heaven and earth, the Bible said that he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost, right? And the earth shook. Somebody say the earth shook. And the Bible said that then the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross and the blood started to flow. But unlike that lamb, that animal that was there that could only cover your sin, when God Almighty the Father recognized the blood of his son flowing down from that cross and flowing from him, God said, that's it. And he rent that, that mighty veil, that massive veil in the temple from the top to the bottom. It was not a natural act. It was a supernatural act. It was impossible for that to happen. And I want to tell you this is that a mere earthquake could not have done that. The earthquake was just a shaking. The veil tore because God went. Amen. Why did he tear the veil? Not that he could get out so that we could come in. He was let. mm, Yeah, that's a good place to praise him. My God. Mm. Man. So he said, now you that were afar off can be made nigh by the blood. We can come into the presence of God with boldness. Somebody say boldness to obtain mercy, grace in the time of need. Hallelujah. 
And so Jesus shed his blood seven times. And we're going to show you that this morning. Same way when that priest come in, this is what he's speaking of. Jesus shed his blood seven times for us. Somebody say, for me, making our redemption complete. There is nothing in your redemption that has been left out. My God, when you leave here today, I want you to stand on this. Amen? It's complete, destroyed completely the power of sin and death's claim over your life. All right? So we're going to look at those seven times that Jesus shed his blood. Number one, everybody say number one. The first place that Jesus shed his blood is found in Luke chapter 22, verse number 44. In the garden of Gethsemane by sweating great drops of blood. Remember the story, Jesus is there and he's praying. He's upon a rock and the Bible said that he's in such agony as he prays before God that his sweat becomes as great drops of blood. The capillaries burst under his skin and sweat began to be mingled with blood because of his heart that was being wrenched and broken for because of sin and because of us. I love this. Now listen, see, this is where he redeemed our will. This is where he redeemed our willpower. Everybody say the mind is a battlefield. The will is the power of choice. I'm going to help you this morning. The power of choice, desires, and pleasure. It's the will where you choose right and wrong. To redeem our thought process is Jesus, the Bible said, sweat great drops of blood, as it were, falling to the ground. The reason that he did this was that those drops of blood give, give us the power to overcome our will. Mm-hmm. To overcome every temptation. Oh, you see, in that moment, if you're an addict this morning and you're sweating it out because of, because of, because of that addiction to that blood, or maybe you, maybe you're addicted to alcohol and you're sweating because of alcohol and you're in that moment, you just remember one thing. Jesus sweated it so that you don't have to sweat it. He made the way for you to come out of that. Come on, somebody. Amen. See, God doesn't want you to be weak willed. Somebody say, Amen. He wants you to be able to resist the devil. It takes willpower to resist the devil. It takes willpower to fast. It takes willpower to say no to the craving of the flesh. It takes willpower to speak out when the enemy is trying to tell you to be silent. It takes willpower. And I want to tell you, my friend, that within your own strength and in your own ability, you do not have the willpower that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the power of the blood that cleansed your will, that gives you a will to be strong in, in his name and in his might. Mm -hmm. Listen. See, he wants you to be free from torment. He wants you to walk in the victory. Somebody say the victory. He wants you to be able to discern good from evil. Uh-huh. You see, when he wrestled in the garden, he, he did that so that you would not fail. He won't. I said he won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't. Uh-uh. See, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my Christian experience that I have, I have actually wanted to quit and give up. Not because I didn't like God, not because I didn't love preaching, not because I, I, I wanted to quit, but it was because most of the time it was because of goofy people. 
How many ever wanted to give up because of goofy people? Just wanted to to say, to it with it. I'm not messing with it anymore. I can do something else. But when God tells you to do something, you can't do nothing else. You have to do what he said or you're going to pay for it in the end. Somebody says he's going to send me to hell. No, you probably wish you went to hell before you got there. Now, that's a little, it's a little strong, but you know what I mean. But it's important, you know, that when we get in those moments that when we struggle and our will is involved and we're so emotional, we have to be careful not to let our emotions rule us. We have to say, wait a minute, will, you're not going to have your way. What you need to do is get the will out of your life. <laughs> Take your will set in front of you and say, you've been, look, will, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and you're not going to have your way. You're going to have Jesus' will in his way. It's so important that when we get in the moment of something that's earthly or worldly and get so caught up in it because our flesh is tied up in this world a lot of times and we're living it out in the nasty now and now and our will is wanting to give over. Well, bless God, I'm just going to go get drunk and forget it. Well, I think I'll, I'll smoke me one. <laughs> well, I think I'll go out and have me a one-night fling. Come on, there's all kinds of things. Well, you know, if they're going to treat me like that, then I'm going to treat them this way too. I'm going to show them how it feels. How many know that vengeance belongs to God? See, that's your will. That's your will. I got to say like Jesus did in that garden, Father, not my will, but thine be done. The thing about it, when he was in that garden, he was wrestling and he was sweating those drops of blood. He was thinking about going to that cross and having to die. You're talking about God, the Son, who knows nothing but life, who hates death to the point that everything that's dead, he raises it back up to life again. If it's deteriorating like a leper, he cleanses it and makes it whole. If it's a person that's sick and diseased, he cures them and heals them and makes them whole. What do you mean? See, Paul said it like this. He said, we die daily. This natural outward man is perishing day by day. See, Jesus hates death in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And if we could just understand that today, is that it is his will for me to have life and to have it what? More abundantly. Jesus wants wants to touch you and give you life today. He wants to touch you and fill you with life. Your will many times when gets involved, you will to do certain things. But Jesus, everybody say Jesus, shed his blood in that garden and he broke the power of the will. Isn't it amazing that that gene of God on the inside of you that was purchased by the blood and deposited in your life as a seed. We're born again not of a corruptible seed but of an incorruptible seed by the word of God that lives and abides forever. That gene that is on the inside of us, that God nature, that God part of us that's deep down inside that when you come to that point in life where you're struggling in your will, it's no matter if you begin to weeble and you begin to wobble, there's something about that gene that kicks in. Come on now. Now, and that power of God begins to come alive and it's screaming you can do it you can stand you can be strong you can make it you don't have to give in to this and so Jesus sweated in that garden those drops of blood so if you are struggling today with a weak will give it to Jesus I'm just telling you to submit it to him 
His blood paid for you. His blood paid for your will to be strong in him, to will to do what's right. Quit living under condemnation of the devil. When it's, see, the Bible says, you say that when the, let the weak say, I am strong. Surrender your will to him, your weaknesses to Jesus' strength. Somebody say amen. See, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So start pleading the blood of Jesus over your will. See, this is what I got. You, you've got to get this, is that they're going to go through every step of this, is that my, if I'm struggling in my will, I want to say I plead the blood of Jesus over my will, over my decisions, over my thoughts, over my mind, and I say in Jesus' name, I will will to do what is right. I put the blood of Jesus against self-will. I put the blood of Jesus and plead the blood of Jesus over the will of God for my life, and I will walk it out in Jesus Christ name. Somebody say amen. amen. And then the second place that Jesus shed his blood was by the brutal beating of the 39 stripes placed upon his back in Matthew chapter 27, verse number 26. The Bible says, and when he, Pilate, had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. They tell us that there, that all diseases can be placed in 39 categories. And so every disease there is, was, or ever shall be is under this 39 stripes of Jesus. Put your hand on your head. Say, body, you are healed. You are whole. And you will line up with the word of God in Jesus' name. So our health has been redeemed by every stripe that was brought forth on Jesus' back where the blood began to flow. Now think about this. God is so good is that, and he doesn't miss a trick because he knows how important it is to have health and to feel good. If you live to be 100, you don't want to be laying in the back going, <laughs> If you're 20, you don't want to be going, come on. You don't want to have bad health. If you have bad health, I want you to understand is you can get your health back. Right here. Listen to what he says in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of the eagle. You ought to memorize that. I said, you ought to memorize that. I said, you ought to memorize that. I hear it all the time. Well, you know, you've got to think we're getting older. Tell that to Methuselah. <laughs> Tell that to Enoch. Come on. These guys in the Bible say, you know, you're getting older. You're getting older. Hmm? God wants you to have health because he wants you to feel good. I said he wants you to feel good. The adversary wants you sick because he knows if you're sick that you cannot perform and do things the way that God wants you to do them. Come on, somebody. And so listen to what he says. He said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. 
Because your soul gets involved is when your body feels bad, and then what do you do? You begin to think with your will, and you begin to say, well, you know, my mother had it, my father had it, my grandma had it, my grandpa had it. Matter of fact, brother so-and-so had it. I heard the same diagnosis. Matter of fact, the doctor told me, I don't give a holy hoot what anybody says. I want to know what this says. Because this trumps everything right here. If I can find out what Jesus says and what, what Jesus has promised me, what his blood purchased for me, that's what I want. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, there's a lot of COVID going around. Well, COVID might be chasing you, but the benefits of God are too. The blessing of God is chasing you too. And I can tell you right now, the word of God runs real swift, the scripture says. And the blessing of God, which is healing in Christ Jesus, can outrun COVID if you'll just believe God. Somebody said, how do I do that. I get up and I begin to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I will not forget the benefits of my God who has forgiven all of my iniquities and healed all of my diseases. Crown me with loving kindnesses and tender mercies. Come on, somebody. Satisfied my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like that of the eagle. Praise God. Somebody say, I have health. I have life in Jesus. I am the redeemed of the Lord. See, I gotta think about this. Why in the world would Jesus, the son of God, go to a whipping post and be beaten by, the, by those soldiers until his flesh hung open and you could actually see inside of his body, organs in his body? Why did he allow them to swing that whip? Because that Jesus could have said, I need a legion of angels to come and get me out of here. Do you know why he chose to stay? Because he wanted to take care of your heart problem, your liver problem, your kidney problem. He wanted to take care of your hardening of the arteries, your neuropathy. He wanted to take care of your arthritis. He wanted to take care of your bursitis. He wanted to take care of your diabetes. He wanted to take care of any sickness and any disease that there is. But I have got to stand on the word. I gotta say, devil, this is what this says. And the devil says, well, you know, you can see it all around you, what's going on. What are you going to do about that? I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to do about it. I have a covenant that cannot be broken and a word that will not be altered. And I know that my God will bring his word to pass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, my youth is renewed like that of the eagle. My youth is renewed like that of the eagle. You don't have to be some, some, some swiveled up, decrepit, bent over, twisted individual that's barely making it in life and you're laying in the bed dying somewhere. Jesus wants to walk in that hospital room. He wants to walk into your house and he wants to renew your youth. Amen. I was tickled the other day. Brother Hughes is talking about uh, something the doctor had said and I said, well, you need to tell him. So when's the last time you rode 18 miles on a bike? Somebody say amen. 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 When's the last time? When's the last time you did that, Doc? Well, uh, I'm just giving you some doctorly information. <laughs> well, I know the great physician. Somebody say the great physician. The great physician. Listen, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the broken in heart. 
and binds up their wounds. In Matthew 8 and 17, he bare our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Jesus did this. 1 Peter 2, 24, he bore our sin in his own body on the cross that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness with whose stripes we are healed. I can tell you, it's all right to take a vitamin. It's okay to exercise, but it's better to get in the word and find out what the covenant says. Come on, and live under the covenant promise. I'm not advocating that you go eat Porky the pig every day. Come on. I'm not advocating that you do what, what Jesse Duplan is talking about. You just find something, lay on the ground, pick it up, and suck the guts out of it. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Somebody said, you ever eaten a rattlesnake? Say, no, I've tread on a few. Blow the heads off with a gun. Come on. But I'm healed by his stripes. And if I do what his word says, what am I? I'm standing on this. What is this? What is this? He shed his blood so that I could be healed. Blood came out of those stripes. We look at the stripes that we got to thank blood. Somebody say blood, blood, blood came out of the stripes on Jesus' back. That blood poured out of his body. It touched the ground. Come on. It broke the power of the curse of sickness and disease when it flowed out of him. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say better look out, man. I'm looking for a healing to hit me anytime. Praise God. Oh, I remember one time praying, but you know, my daddy, I went down to see my daddy and my daddy was there and he was a, a diabetic. You know, he had, it came on him in his later years and, and he was telling me, he said, boy, he said, you need to take this test. You got to take this test out here. Let me see what your blood sugar is. I said, my blood's normal. He said, no, you need to take this blood test. Deborah was with me and I was getting adamant because I was getting irritated. I said, I told you I'm healed by his stripes. I said, my blood sugar is perfect. Perfect, praise God. It's perfect. And finally, I just said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to let you do it just to show you. He took it and it was perfect. He said, well, it is perfect. I said, yes, it is, praise God. And your numbers may be out of whack, but I'm going to tell you something. If you'll take this and start hitting it with the hammer, I guarantee you that the numbers will come down. If you keep talking to it. Jesus said, you got to speak to it. Come on, somebody. And it may seem like a mountain, but it'll have to get up and move. Come on. Somebody say, by his stripes, I'm healed. And see, our problem is, it's like Charles Kapp said, he said, you know, you're supposed to, you know, what is it? You're saying what you have. Not what God wants to give you. You got to say what this word says. Well, I have a Bible. We know we're saved. We need to know we're healed. We need to know we're delivered. We need to know, come on somebody. When you get up in the morning, it's like some people say, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. We'll go get back in the bed and get up on the other side. <laughs> Simple. Amen. <laughs> somebody say, by his stripes. By his stripes. We got to move on. By his, see, if you got to, every day of your life, if you feel anything, if you know this COVID, if you know, you should say, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I thank you that I am healed by the stripes on Jesus. I thank you right now that every disease germ that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. I thank you I plead the blood of Jesus. I put the blood of Jesus on my body, on every organ, on every gland, on every part of my being. I mark my life with the blood of Jesus. I claim and plead the blood. Amen. Thirdly, somebody say thirdly. He shed his blood by being crowned with thorns. 
And the Bible says in Matthew 27, 29, and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. In Genesis chapter number 3, 17 and 19, it says this, talking about the pronounced judgment upon mankind that the ground would be cursed. Remember that in Genesis? So when Jesus was crowned with thorns placed upon his head, it was a sign of poverty. When he bled from the thorns upon his head, he redeemed us from poverty. Now poverty is that state of being extremely poor and don't come at me and say, well, Jesus said the poor you have with you always. That's because people won't listen. You're hard-headed. You're hard-headed because you're one of those religious people that say, well, I got plenty of evidence sitting around me. We need that horse up here, the one that counts. Yeah, they may be all around you, but I can point to people that believe that this blood takes care of it. Somebody say amen. It is a state of being inferior or in quality or insufficient in amount. Listen, poverty, poverty of the imagination. You see, that's what the depravity of sin does. It gets up here and begins to cause you to think in, in, in a way that you see yourself in inferior. Amen? Your imagination, every imagination is imagining the wrong things instead of what the blood has paid for. Jesus' blood, everybody say his blood, redeemed us from poverty, from poverty and makes us sons and daughters of the living God. See, the devil is the author of poverty. Mm -hmm. He's the author of poverty and he wants God's creation crawling in the dust, which by the way is his sentence. Say, devil, I can't understand you. You got a mouthful of, of dust and, and, and gravels. <laughs> mm -hmm. Crawling in the dirt. That's what the devil does. He wants you crawling in the dirt. You gotta get this. Poverty, the devil is the author of it and he wants you, God's creation, crawling in the dust. He wants to take your feet off. Listen, he wants you to crawl around in all this poverty, crawling around in it. But see, Jesus came, blood, and lifts us out of poverty. Poverty is a mindset. It makes or it tells mankind that you can never achieve, you can never be happy, you can never be successful. You've got to settle for the low side of life. Hmm. I mean, knows that's all lies of the devil. Amen. Listen now. See, we are created in the likeness and the image of God. Is that what your Bible says? I'm created in the likeness and the image of my God. And God does not make junk. The blood makes us sons and daughters of the living God. Listen, oh my God, isn't it amazing that the moment that you get saved, that you enter into prosperity? Somebody said, I'm still driving the same car. 
Well, what's that got to do with prosperity? I'm talking about your mind starts thinking different and it'll get you out of that car that you're thinking about. But at the same time, you got to understand that when Jesus redeems you, he gets you out of poverty and he starts you on your way because he blesses you. The blessing that he put up on Adam in the beginning that Adam forfeited and gave away through his sin, he, he brought that back for you when Jesus shed that blood. Hmm? So the blood makes us sons and daughters. Somebody say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. What kind of father would God be if he left you in poverty? When Jesus taught us, as you see your brother in need and shut up your bowels of compassion, how does the love of God dwell in you? And what is God defined as? Love. Somebody say he's defined as love. Love. So he's our father. And so the reason in Jesus in Matthew chapter number six tells us to pray our father which art in heaven. And brother, he's talked about this Wednesday night a little bit. Our father which art in heaven is because the more that you address him as father, the more it becomes a reality in your heart and in your imagination. Because lots of us say, man, if I'd have just married that person, oh, if I was just, if they had been my daddy. Come on. That's the way a lot of people think. And they don't understand. Well, look, you got the best father you could possibly have. And he wants you to have some of his wisdom and some of his knowledge and some of his ability and some of his power and some of his creativity. He wants to raise you up out of that poverty so that when he gets done blessing you that everybody will look and say, I don't know how it happened, but look what God did. Hmm? So the more you address him, somebody said the more you address him. See, I'm redeemed, that crown of thorns. The devil wants to crown you with poverty. God wants to crown you with glory. And then fourthly, Jesus shed his blood from the nails in his hands. All right? Luke 22, 20, verse number 33. And when they came to the place called Calvary, they crucified him. Hands speak of dominion. Everybody say dominion. He redeemed our dominion that Adam lost in the garden. So in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says this, man was given dominion over the works of his hands. Hallelujah. And man forfeited that dominion back into the hands of the devil. Somebody say, but Jesus bought it back. When they pierced his hand, I said when that nail pierced his hand and that blood came out. He redeemed, somebody say, he redeemed my dominion. My dominion. In Psalm 8 and 6 it says, you made him man to have dominion over the works of his hands, his gifts, his talents, his, his abilities. In Deuteronomy 24 and 19, God blesses the work of your hands. Dominion also speaks of taking back whatever's been stolen from you instead of just letting it go. It's important. It doesn't matter how insignificant you might think that it is. If the devil stole it, you need to get it back. If you see the devil's truck going down the road and you're missing something, you need to pull him over. You say, wait a minute, devil. I'm going through that truck because I believe you have something on it that belongs to me. And stop him. Go in and take it back. God has redeemed our dominion. Jesus was pierced in his hand, the works of his hands. 
the works of his hands. It also speaks of taking back what the enemy stole. Dominion, dominion meaning sovereignty, control, self-governing. Understand what I'm going to tell you. I think that there may be times that you need government assistance. I don't even know if it's a true statement or not. You need God's assistance. You need to be, listen, you need to be so dependent upon God that you know that he'll supply your every need. God is not dependent. See, he's not dependent upon those things. We live in a world that has seduced us into dependency upon it. But God wants us to be dependent upon him. Amen. See, under the blood, I have dominion over the works of my hands. I have dominion over the works of my hands. You think about what he says, and I will open unto you my good treasure. Deuteronomy 28. I will open unto you my good treasure, the heavens to give rain unto your land in this season, and that all the works of your hands shall be blessed. The works of my hands shall be blessed. Everything that I put my hand to is supposed to prosper. Hmm? I can't let those things rule me. I have to rule them. But no devil is going to subjugate over me and take dominion over me and break me financially. Hold me down and have dominion over me. Because Jesus was pierced in the hands so that I could have my dominion redeemed. Somebody say hallelujah. Now we got to tie this together. In number five, he shed his blood from the nails that were in his feet. In Luke chapter number 22, verse number 33. Remember when they nailed his hands and feet to the cross. In Deuteronomy 11 and 24, we have dominion over the places that we walk. Glory to God. Not only do I have dominion over the works of my hands, but I have dominion over the places that I walk. See, Joshua and Moses was told who? And Joshua was told him, everywhere that the sole of your feet shall tread, I have given it unto you. And I'm gonna tell you something. Patrick County, Virginia belongs to God. It's not the devils. It's not the devils. It doesn't belong to a religious spirit either. It belongs to God. I said it belongs to God. He's given us dominion. What do we do? In Luke chapter number 20, he said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power that the devil possesses and nothing shall by any means harm you. See, I believe that the devil has far too much leeway in our lives because we don't get up and plead the blood over our works of our hands and over the dominion of our feet. And devil, you're not coming in my house of this stuff in Jesus' name. You get out in Jesus' name. I put the blood against you. I plead the blood. Somebody say, I plead the blood of Jesus against you. I'm supposed to hold my enemy in subjection. You think about what God told Adam. He said, take dominion. Have dominion over everything here, have dominion over it. See, and that hasn't changed where God is concerned because God is still giving us dominion. He says, you know, because we've been given authority and a commission in Christ Jesus through him to put underfoot every work of the devil. Somebody say, take your dominion. Everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread. Everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread. You need to walk through your house and start taking dominion. I said, if there's a devil in there, run him out. Take dominion. Walk on it in Jesus' name. 
It's like this property. My God, I don't know how many times we walked on this property, walked on that property, and it's ours too in Jesus' name. You know, and everybody else may not know it yet, but I know it. Somebody say, I know it. I know it. It's coming. Say, it's coming. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Matter of fact, that's what the name of the fast is, a breakthrough fast. I understand that the moment that Jesus' foot was pierced, that my dominion was bought back. Somebody say, I have dominion. I have dominion. I have dominion. So we tolerate far too much allowing the enemy to come in and do stuff. Number six, the blood was shed from the piercing of Jesus' side in John 19, 34. But one of the soldiers took his sword and pierced his feet and forthwith came there water and blood. See, when a person's, when a person's, Heart sack bursts. Water and blood flow together. Everybody say to flow together. So when they came to break Jesus' legs, remember the story, they came to break his legs because all the soldiers are going to break the, the thieves' legs and everybody when they came to Jesus, the Bible said they found that he was already dead. And so he took the spear, the soldier did, and he punctured the side of Jesus in the side so Jesus was pierced in the side and forth came their water and blood. Everybody say water and blood. Water and blood. They pierced his side. They pierced his heart sack. Somebody said they pierced the heart sack. He shoved that thing up in there. And so joy is released right here. Somebody say joy. Joy is released why do you say that? Because it's for the brokenhearted and it's for the depressed. In Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the bruised, to recover the sight of them that are blind, to open the prison of them that are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. And what did he say right here? He said to bind up the brokenhearted. Somebody say the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. His heart sack. When they pierced him. Water and blood. Somebody say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's to appoint to those that mourn in Zion. To appoint to them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning, garments of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Woo! Glory to God. Man, I want you to get that. That's so important. Somebody say that is important. That is important. And then lastly, I got to pull this thing in. He shed his blood from his bruises. And Luke chapter 22, verse 63. And the men that held Jesus mocked and smote him, and in verse 64, and struck his face. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Iniquity is a spirit that tries to break you down, pervert your ways. It is a spiritual force that pressures us to bow. Listen to me, to bend to its destructive nature. A bruise means that I'm bleeding from the inside. Mm 
Some bruises are very deep. Some last a long time. Bitterness, unforgiveness, rejection, insecurity. Come on. Your deliverance, though, has been paid for by the shedding of Jesus' blood internally, by being bruised. My God. See, God understood that those people that get raped and molested or your child has been murdered or you've lost a loved one or you, you have suffered greatly in pain, how it affects your life, going through divorce. When you go through things like that, the scars of the bruises can be so deep on the inside that they're hard to bear. And so instead of us breaking down, God has designed it that we can go to Christ and lean upon the blood and say, Jesus was bruised for my iniquities. Jesus took bruises upon his body where he was beaten in the face. Jesus was bruised for me. He bled on the inside. He knows the torment. He knows the pressure. He knows the pain, you know, that we go through. That's why that he was bruised. Man, I love this. You see, your deliverance has been paid for by the shedding of Jesus' blood through those bruises. Salvation in the blood. Power in the blood. Think, think. Deliverance in the blood. Healing in the blood, saving through the blood, protection by the blood, overcoming through the blood, liberty through the blood. Mm. My God. Bruises can cause you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Commit suicide. Cause you to murder. Listen, they can drive you in the, with the wrong passions. That's what bruises can do. But Jesus knew that. Somebody say, Jesus knew it. Praise God. I said, Jesus knew it. That's why he, when he was there and they beat him and smacked his face and bruised him. And they beat him to the point of death and they, they bruised him that Jesus was taking all of that pain and all of that suffering that we would go through that would otherwise destroy us. And that doesn't negate the fact of how painful that it is. But what God is saying this morning is that he has given you the blood of Jesus to give you strength to be able to walk through that pain and that suffering and to come out victoriously. Because if you understand the principle in the word of God, where you have been wounded at is where you have authority. Because if you've been through hell and you've been wounded and you've been bruised, you can go into the territory of hell where the enemy is destroying lives and you can stand up and preach truth and say hey I want you to know I was just like you are in the same position going through the same suffering and the same pain but I met Jesus and his blood in the midst of it and because he shed his blood for me and was bruised for me I am more than a survivor I am a thriver in the name of the Lord Jesus hallelujah Wow. And so he shed his blood seven times. So when that high priest came in there 
and shed that blood. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. God covered it all. I said he covered it all. Hallelujah. That's why it's important for me to get up in the morning and say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you face or what you go through or what it's tied to. If the enemy brings it against you, you have authority through the blood of Jesus to get up and say, I put the blood of Jesus against that attack. I plead the blood of Jesus against the powers of hell. I plead the blood of Jesus against those wounds. I plead the blood of Jesus against those afflictions. I put the blood of Jesus against everything every adversary, and I claim my victory today. Victory by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet right now and give him some praise this morning. Come on, praise him for the blood. Praise him for the blood. Praise him for the blood. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Somebody say the blood, 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 the blood. Plead the blood over your children. Plead the blood over your husband. Plead the blood over your wife. Plead the blood over your grandchildren. Plead the blood of Jesus over your friends. Plead the blood of Jesus over your job. Plead the blood of Jesus over the school. Plead the blood of Jesus. Come on, over this house. Plead the blood. Because hell knows that they can't cross the bloodline. So this morning, if you feel like something's crept in, and it's not supposed to be there in your house, in your life, because this is your house right here. You have a building that you live in that you call your house. If the enemy has crept in and brought something in it, then what you need is the weapon of the blood. You take that blood and you go in and you claim what the high priest paid for. You claim what the high priest paid for. Say, devil, you have no right right here. This is my property. This is my ground. And you're not dragging that dead carcass up in here in Jesus' name. You're not bringing that filth in my house. You're not bringing that garbage in my house. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to put up with it and get ruthless about it and stand on the word and tell the devil, get out. Poverty, get out. And begin to speak to prosperity and say, you are mine, you belong to me. I am the blessed of the Lord. Come on. Begin to talk to health and say, you are mine. Jesus gave you to me through his blood. I am healed by his stripes. Talk to that sickness in your body and say, get out, get out, get out. Every generational curse. Every spirit of inheritance hit the road. Get out in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus. Because when you're pleading the blood, you're pleading the covenant. The covenant that was bought by the blood, ratified by the blood. Everything in it belongs to you. My covenant will I not break, neither will I alter the word that goes out of my mouth, God said. The blood, the blood. Put that blood over your house, the corners of your property, every part of your being, your mind. Put that blood against those demon powers. There isn't, listen, Hey, there is an intensified effort of the enemy through the spirit of witchcraft and devil worship that has been speaking against the people of God and has been cursing and speaking vile things against the children of God. Listen to me. I'm prophetically speaking to you right now to put those things against you, to see marriages destroyed, ministers destroyed, lives destroyed, to cause you to faint and to give up and to feel hopeless and disparaging on the inside. But yea, says the Spirit of God, rise up 
and plead the blood of Jesus. Rise up and speak the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Rise up and be strong in the blood. Hallelujah. Say, Father, thank you for the blood of your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. I put the blood against disease, against sickness, against COVID, against the flu. I put the blood against eye disorders, against deafness, against dullness of hearing. I put the blood against the stupor of spirit. I put the blood of Jesus against every work of darkness in Jesus' name. I plead the blood against every principality, every power, every spirit of darkness in Jesus' name. And I send you away in Jesus' name. And don't come back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I, come on up here and sing that, Alan. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that song. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. After that? Okay. Okay. Or oh, as he's doing it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to plead the blood over you guys. Over all of you. Father, we plead the blood over this congregation. We plead the blood over your people, Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over every child of God. Over their marriages, over their children, over their finances, over their mental faculties, over their spirit, over their soul. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus and put the blood of Jesus upon this people and this house. Father God, spoiling every attack and every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. Father, we can't take my family because this home belongs to the Lord. So I'm not afraid to remind him that he has no claim in this war. I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Get with him, come on. I plead the blood of Jesus. Cause my future is glory to glory. And my freedom's been purchased in full. For all of the weight of his suffering, the Lamb will receive his reward. I plead the It's more than enough. Yes, the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. My shield and my shelter is my defense. I claim it over and over again. I plead the blood. We plead that blood. Come on. I plead the blood. 
Thank you, Jesus. I plead that blood. I plead that blood. I plead that blood. Yes, come and pass that out. We're going to take communion and then we're going to be dispersed. Seal it with communion this morning. Can make me whole again. This is your greatest weapon you'll ever use. Right here. The same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup and took that bread. He knew that he was getting ready to go to a cross. But listen, he also knew it was the hour of the powers of darkness. And he armed them with the cup and the bread. This is our victory. Are anybody over here doesn't have one? You got some people over here that do not have a a cup. We need to, they need one. But he armed them. Anybody else doesn't have one? But Jesus armed them with the cup and the bread. And so he says, as often as we do this, let's do it in remembrance of him. This is stronger than any principality and power. It's stronger than any demon force. This is. It's a table of death. It's a table of life. And so today, whatever your need is, you claim it right here. Claim it right here. Wrap your faith around it. This is Jesus right here. Jesus is ministering to you as you minister to him today. See that need met. See your body healed. See restoration. See it all as you receive the bread and the cup today. Father, we bless this bread. It is the body of Jesus. He bore every sickness and every disease. We bless this cup. It is his precious blood. The covenant that will not be broken. We thank you, Lord. We remember the victory, the triumph that you won for us. Hell is underneath our feet. The devil is underneath our feet. Depression is underneath our feet. Every foe is underneath our feet. So today, Father, we thank you. So right now, let's receive the bread. Let's receive the cup in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, we send healing out today to every person who's being attacked in their bodies. We put the blood of Jesus on them.
We plead the blood of Jesus over them and we speak healing over their lives. Father God, we just thank you for that today. It is your word. You paid the price for it, Jesus. And Lord, we speak that over them. They are part of us. And Lord, we pray now, we rebuke that sickness from the body. We command it to go in Jesus' name. And we thank you right now for touching them and healing them, Father God. Restoration in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What does it say? Mercy seat, that's right. That's right. That's good. Yes, it was. Seven times. Yes, it was. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good. Learned that Caneo, didn't you? Uh-huh. Do it, Alan. We're gonna we're gonna shake hands, be friendly. Alan's gonna sing us out. Sing us happy. I plead the blood of Jesus It's more than enough Oh yes it is I plead the blood of Jesus My shield and my shield Is my defense I claim it over and over again